Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I have titled this episode, Rona Revelations, Social Disintegration and Inhibiting Healing. Why? Because we're basically not even being told that the coronavirus is a hoax, yet we've got to deal with racism now. So how am I supposed to get better when you guys keep hitting me with all these crises? Yeah, we break that whole thing down. We look over the George Floyd protests, as well as all the other mayhem and bedlam that took place over the weekend, as well as the soft disclosure of the ineffectuality regarding the coronavirus. And we finish off the episode breaking down the importance of taking care of yourself, man, not being a scumbag, of getting healthy. It's a real thing. It's a very real thing. Uh, but before we do, fit, before we get the episode started, a few quick updates for you guys. Make sure you listen to the mini-cast we did earlier this week, the post-COVID chaos. We break down the trauma-based mind control that people are under, as well as the importance of having things like CBD, getting storable foods, boosting your immune system, not getting brainwashed. It's very, very real. And if you didn't listen to the episode we did with Charles Kasten of Truth is Terrorism, it plays a huge part in what we discuss in this episode. Last thing, and I'll let you go. Uh, I will be taking a break coming up soon. I talk about that in this episode, but you guys should know uh, this switch up is not good. So I'm going to take a couple days to get myself reacclimated. But with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 10, 20. Season 10, episode 20. We are still coronavirus free. Thank the good Lord above. But, uh, you know, I can't say that for some others. I should go ahead and let you guys know that you may or may not hear my new little rooster, whose name is Corona. <laughs> you may hear him cock-a-doodle-dooing throughout the transmission. You may not, you know. I just figured I should let you know for warning, fair warning before we get started here. Um, people who were paying attention to the Instagram live we did earlier this week, the post-COVID chaos one-hour segment we did. You guys heard me talk about that uh, and how we were also getting sound foam because as hilarious as it is, it is also unprofessional uh, due to the times that we're in and the work that we're doing. But yeah, figured I should preface this episode talking about that uh, because it, it will play a huge part, maybe or maybe not, I don't know, whenever we, we, we get to talking about things, uh, the protests, the riots, coronavirus, people's mindsets, the program population. You know, all that stuff. Very real. Uh, but before we get into all this goodness, updates, and stuff like this, you know, I'm always trying to figure out a good intro. I felt like it was appropriate for me to start this episode off, you know, as we come up towards halfway through the year. I'm about to take the mid-season break. We're just passing the coronavirus first wave. On to the next one, right? The other day, I started watching Star Trek enterprise and i didn't think that i was going to be such a huge nerd but apparently i love it i really really do 
and I couldn't understand why I like it or why I'm liking it. I'm only like two seasons in. There's only four seasons, so it's it's not a long running series. And so I thought, wow, okay, I got to have kill. I'll give it a shot. And I can see why it's four seasons because it's not uh, deeply immersive like all the other universes are. But their captain, John Archer, uh, it, it, it's played by Scott Bul- Bul- Bulbick, I think, or Bulbick or something like that. Bullock or something. The guy that did Dirty Jobs, right? And <laughs> he's just this average joke captain. You know, it's like right whenever Americans join or go off into space, you know, where they create enterprise. This is before the Starfleet and stuff like that. And I think what I'll learn when I watch the story is that John Archer is the one that creates the Federation before they go, for whenever they do go out there in the space, representing not only like humans, but other races. I haven't gotten that far yet. That's me projecting. But as I watch John Archer go through the series, there is really no defining characteristics about this man other than he is an average Joe. <laughs> He's got a little dog, a little beagle. His name is Porthos. Uh, there's even an episode, you know, where he loses his mind trying to save his dog. And I think, gosh, this is the weirdest thing to watch. It's, it's a Star Trek show, right? We're supposed to be dealing with inter, interspecies and interplanetary politics. What's going on? And it's there. But why am I gravitated to this show? And I think because of the episode I watched just last night, I think it uh, encapsulated why I was more or less attracted to this show. You know, the captain, he's just wanting to talk about the work that he's doing, going out there, adventuring into space, the things he's seeing, the people he's discovering. But he's also coming into contact with Hostile aliens that don't have the same view, that are not welcoming to others, to foreigners. He's meeting other impoverished races, people that can't really fight for themselves or don't even have that notion. Uh, Suppressed beings who have fantastic technologies but are being manipulated by others. And so he doesn't want to have to get involved in all this stuff. He just wants to explore, discover new races. But along the journey, he's learning that he needs different things. He doesn't want to get involved in people's drama, but people's drama is coming to him. So he has to do the whole, and it's crazy because his crew is creating the red alert system that would later be adopted for future ships. Uh, The command share, so that whenever you go into battle stations, everybody's ready. Everybody's all on the same page. And you're seeing that be developed. Because this guy doesn't want to, but he's, 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 he's going out there into space and he's seeing the real threat standing up for what's wholesome and what's good. But what's, what's so amazing, and I think this is why I wanted to lead in the episode talking about this, is, he, is he's not wanting it. The urges are there. The urges are there to be a, 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 a tyrant, you know, to be like the Klingons, <laughs> you know, or, or to be like overly intellectual and emotionally detached to like the, uh, what are they called? The... Um, what is Spock? Crap, man. I'm sure the Trekkie fans are mad at me. Uh, you got the Klingons. Uh-oh. Vulcans. Yeah, the Vulcans. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. That was not on purpose. But it's just crazy seeing the seeing the development of that. And so I wanted to lead the show talking about that because we always compare the podcast, the page, the various other platforms, the network, the interviews, the guests, everything else we're doing. We compare it to a weapon system, and I think just seeing John Archer venture out into space, this, this, this happy-go-lucky guy with his dog, and him having to essentially adapt to the situation, I can't lie, I felt a, a, a sort of kinship. 
it's just like this dude doesn't care about all these 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 special things or these 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 things but he's 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 not necessarily being made to care they're being brought into his awareness and rather than succumbing to these things he's overcoming them and bettering them and i think that's what ultimately we're trying to do here uh not only with the podcast but with our lives and everything else man you see I'll say this and I'll start getting into the uh, the topics and things with you guys. Um, a, a, a new listener we have now is actually one of my, uh, he's a local business owner. And this past weekend, I got called a celebrity, an Instagram celebrity. And it was like an actual congratulatory thing because he was he checked out the page. He likes what we do, this, that, and the third. Thank you. But it, it hurt me because this man is affected by by the coronavirus crisis. We talked about it over here on the show, right? The, the socioeconomic implications and ramifications of of of, of the coronavirus, uh, businesses going out of out of work, people not being able to to employ other people, the lockdowns, things like this. And unfortunately, uh, this 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 listener is now a, a, a victim of this displacement. And when he called me a celebrity, I felt just shame because. I have I have this, but I'm not. I'm, but I'm unable to help this person. And so, what I guess I'm truly, I'm really trying to say is, with the leading end of the story of of, of John Archer, and you know, trying to being called a celebrity, but not really wanting that 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 label. I guess I don't really see what we're doing here, and I'm beginning to learn the power that we've inherited being in this position for extended periods of time. I talk like I, I talk about how five, six, seven years is nothing, but that's a very real thing. And having it put into perspective here in my local community, this crisis brought that to my awareness. And I, I, I think what I'm trying to say is I appreciate the credibility, the influence, and everything else that I have. I'm, I'm still learning how to wield it. This is an unruly responsibility, and I'm not complaining, but this is the work, and this is what happens. And so all I can really do is hope that you guys see me go through these hurdles, these, these, these trials, these tribulations, and you understand that that's how this happens. You may have heard me go into depth a little bit about this earlier this week on the podcast episode, my history of fighting for humanity, my history of being a humanitarian, my history of generally caring about my fellow human man, and, or my fellow human, human man, my fellow human, and getting the work done, you see. And so that's all. This is the person that you guys have helped create. This is the page uh, that you guys have wanted. And seeing these things go down, it does break my heart. But at the same time, it tells me we've still got more work to do. We're, 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 <laughs> we're making a ripple effect. We've just got to keep going on. And with that being said, let's start the show. Go ahead and get rid of that sticky note. Bam. So, I guess coronavirus doesn't exist anymore, you know, right? I guess that was all a hoax. That was all a joke, right? Don't worry. We'll we'll get into the race riots. We'll get into the George Floyd. I can't even pronounce this man's name. Derek Chauvin. We'll get into the Derek Chauvin. Not the conspiratorial aspect, but the informational aspect. They've been charged. But what people have to understand is this was never about race. This was never about George Floyd. This was never about lives. This was about control. We talked about this earlier this week, the trauma-based mind control that a lot of people are under. The 
But don't you worry, we're getting into the social engineering, the, 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 the destabilization, the manipulation. We'll get into that. But beforehand, I feel like it's imperative that we put a bow on this. I'm not, I'm not going to let these guys get away with pulling a massive hoax like this and get away, okay? So I know they're trying to move on, but we need to put a nice bow on the end of the coronavirus fairy tale so that we, if and when we do actually get into this in the future, we have all of our ducks in a row because this is, this is not something uh, that we can let go unblemished. But let's start getting into that. So last week... And maybe this is another reason why you had the riots. Could have been Hillary Clinton. Could have been this, Trump terminating the U.S. relationship with the World Health Organization. Could have been that, her, the, the, the CDC admitting that coronavirus was a hoax. Uh, there's a lot of different things as to why this, this, this protest and riot came out. But let's get in this article talking about Rona revelations, what happens after we've passed the first wave and where people's, are, where, where people's heads are at. Uh, this article comes from News Punches by Nima Harris. We put this up May 29th. It says President Trump has announced that the U.S. is terminating its relationship with the World Health Organization. Speaking at the Rose Garden at the White House on Friday, the U.S. president accused the World Health Organization of misleading the world after being put under pressure from China, which he blames for coronavirus. He said he will now direct funds into organ other organizations. Quote, we will today be terminating our relationship with the World Health Organization. Trump announced during the press conference. RT reports that he said that the World Health Organization was, quote, pressured by China to mislead the world about the coronavirus, hampering the U.S. in global response and resulting in over a million deaths worldwide, including more than 100,000 Americans. As one example, Trump listed uh, the World Health Organization advice against banning travel earlier this year and criticism of his decision to halt incoming flights from China. Almost every country eventually stopped air travel, in addition to Chinese-style lockdown, lockdown tactics intended to slow the spread of the respiratory disease. Quote, the world is now suffering as a result of the malfeasance of the Chinese government, Trump added. Trump had sent a letter to the World Health Organization Director General Tedros Cabreas two weeks ago, demanding that the agency, quote, clean up its act and giving it 30 days to do so. He accused the body of, quote, inaccurate and misleading statements about the coronavirus and, and uh, doing Beijing's bidding. Quote, the only way forward is for the World Health Organization is if it can actually demonstrate independence from China. We do not have time to waste. Friday's announcement comes 20 days after that letter ahead of the self-imposed deadline. That's right. That's right. And we've talked about this. China covering up for the World Health Organization them saying that there's no human-to-human -human spread or human-to-human -human transmission of the virus. We talked about this, you know. And it's like as soon as that information started coming out, more and more information became aware of, or, or at least more and more information came out about what we were saying. What we've been saying throughout the entirety of this, this, this so-called crisis, that it's uh, more contagious less deadly. I'm not saying that the virus isn't real. I'm saying the hype was unnecessary. You see, let's get into this article right here from Technocracy News. It's by Daniel Horowitz via Conservative Review. They put this up May 26. It says that the CDC confirms the extremely low COVID-19 death rate. Yeah. So I know this is going to be review for a lot of people, especially listeners of the show. I'm sure you're tired of hearing about Rona and more. 
but we have to get this on record. These people like to lie. We have to set the record straight so that people understand that we like to have authenticity when we report and document things. We have a history of this. Getting into the article, it says that the CDC now independently confirms recent research by Stanford University that the COVID-19 has an extremely low death rate. This exposes the technocrat hysteria as being man-made and not based on any real verified data. Most people are likely to wind up six feet under because of almost anything else under the sun other than COVID-19. It's true. It's true. There are hot mics on it. Remember, there were exposés on it. Doctors came out, pandemic and more. It's just, it's, it's a hoax. Continuing on, it says, the CDC just came out with a report that should be earth-shattering to the narrative of the political class. Yet it will go into the thick pile of vital data and information about the virus that is not getting out to the public. For the first time, the CDC has attempted to offer a real estimate of the overall death rate for COVID-19, and under its almost likely, or under its most likely scenario, the number is 0.26%. Officials estimate a 0.4% fatality rate among those who were symptomatic and project a 35% rate of asymptomatic cases among those infected, which drops the overall infection rate to just 0.26% or 0.26%, almost exactly where the Stanford researchers pegged it a month ago. Until now, we have been ridiculed for thinking that the death rate was that low, as opposed to the 3.4% estimate of the World Health Organization, which helped drive the panic and the lockdowns. Now the CDC is agreeing that the lower, death, that the lower rate is in plain ink. Plus, ultimately, we find out that the IFR is even lower because numerous studies and hard counts of confined populations have shown a much higher percentage of asymptomatic cases. Simply adjusting for a 50% asymptomatic rate would drop their fatality rate to a 0.2%, exactly the rate of Dr. John uh, Leonidas of Stanford University projected. Basically, everything we've been talking about, we got hoaxed. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that the virus isn't real, but the hoax was unnecessary. The hype was unnecessary. Shutting down the economy was unnecessary. Getting into the hysteria, the masks, blaming everybody, the virtue signaling, the quarantine Karens. It was all unnecessary. And you know this. But regardless of it being unnecessary, right, we are still left with the aftermath. You see, so that was last week. I want to go ahead and fast forward a little bit to uh, something that's going on this week, or at least information that confirms everything we've been talking about again and more. This is information that came out this week. A study from Germany, an official leak has reported that denouncing or denouncing COVID-19 as a global false alarm, again, confirming what we've been saying. Less deadly, more contagious. This comes from Baxter Dimitri over there at your Newswire. They put this up June 2nd. This is a report drafted by a scientific panel appointed by Germany's interior ministry that declares the COVID-19 pandemic is a, quote, global false alarm, has been leaked by a former employee. Germany's federal government is engaged in damage control after the leaked report that challenges the established COVID-19 pandemic narrative leaked from the Interior Ministry. And then it goes on to talk about, uh, you know, the dangerousness of COVID-19 was overestimated and how worldwide within a quarter of a year, there's been more than 250,000 
or, or 250,000 deaths from COVID-19 compared to the 1.2 million deaths during the flu season. It just goes on and on to break down about how it, it was a sham. We got hoaxed. That again, these numbers came from the Chinese. And we talked about that a couple episodes ago, uh, infection investigations and how there is going to be a reckoning. There will be something that happens from this. An investigation is going on. A world court is being created because you can't just affect the world economy like this and get away. You see, you can't just have this type of devastation releasing this thing, air quotes, accidentally <laughs> and not expect blowback, right? There's a former MI6 uh, intelligence officer that came out saying, hey, this is man-made, but it was accidentally released. I'm beginning to think that now we're going to see the misinformation campaign, the hush-hush campaign, all, all of the stuff to pacify this. Now that it's been exposed, the funding for the, for the drama has been taken out. China can't take any more Bill Gates' or of Americans' money, can take more Bill Gates' money, they got to switch their narrative up. You see. Let me get back into this article. It says that uh, Strategic Culture reports that the report focuses on the, quote, manifold and heavy consequences of the corona measures and warns that these are, quote, grave. More people are dying because of the state-imposed corona measures than they are being killed by the actual virus. And we'll talk about that more specifically in the third segment uh, the reason is a scandal in the making. A corona-focused German healthcare system is postponing life-saving surgery and delaying or reducing treatment for corona pi- coronavirus patients or non-corona patients. Uh, Berlin is in denial mode. The scientists are beginning to fight back because they don't want to go along with this. Initially, the government tried to dismiss the report as, quote, the work of one employee and its contents, quote, as his own opinion. While the journalists closed ranks, no questions were asked, and the politicians followed suit. But the 93 pages report titled, quote, Analysis of the Crisis Management has been drafted by a scientific panel appointed by the Interior Ministry and composed by external medical experts from several German universities. The report was the initiative of a department of the Interior Ministry called U- Unit KM4 and in charge with the, pro- with the protection of critical infrastructure. This is also where the German official turned whistleblower Stephen Cohn worked and from where uh, he leaked leaked it to the media. The authors of the report issued a joint release already on uh, May 11th, berating the government for ignoring expert advice and asking for the interior minister to officially comment upon the experts' joint statement. Quote, therapeutic and preventive measures should never bring more harm than the illness itself. Their arm should be to protect the risk groups without endangering the availability of medical care and the health of the whole population as it is unfortunately occurring. Quote, we in the scientific and medical praxis are experiencing the secondary damages of the corona measures on our patients on a daily basis. We therefore ask the Federal Ministry of the Interior to comment upon our press release, and we hope for a permanent discussion regarding the corona measures, one that leads to the, be- to the best possible solution for the whole population. At the time of writing, the German government had yet to react, but the facts are, sadly, vindicating the medical experts' worries. On May 23rd, the German newspaper Das Bild, titled Dramatic Consequences of the Corona Measures, 52,000 Cancer uh, Operations Delayed uh, Inside, a seeding medical doctor warns that, quote, we will feel the side effects of the coronavirus for years. This is what I mean by Rona revelations. It was a hoax. But now that we're, du- now that we're here with this, what's going to happen? Again, the socioeconomic re- ramifications. This is why we had Dr. Stephanie Grutz on to break down the benefits of UV light. 
what's going on with our medical system and more. Why would we go in lockstep with China? You see, none of these things made sense. The death science that was being promoted, because it wasn't science, it was politics. Check this out right here. Coronavirus no longer clinically exists in Italy, top doctor says. We put this up June 3rd over there at Science of the Times. It says, a study conducted at a hospital in Milan found that the number of viruses present in people who tested positive has decreased. Wow. It says, COVID-19 is losing its potency and no longer clinically exists in Italy, a senior Italian doctor has claimed. Dr. Alberto Zangrillo, the head of Milan's San Rafael Hospital in the hard-hit Lombardy region, said that the new coronavirus has become much less lethal with newly infected patients having weaker symptoms than a couple of months ago. The comments caused a storm in Italy, a country that is slowly emerging from one of the strictest lockdowns in the world, with the president of the scientific body that advises the government saying he was baffled at the claim. A study conducted at the San Rafael Hospital found that the number of viruses present in the people who tested positive decreased significantly between March and May. Quote, the swabs that were performed over the last 10 days showed a viral load in quantitative terms that was absolutely infinitesimal compared to the ones carried out a month or two months ago. Dr. Zangrillo told Ray Television, RAI Television, following the analysis of 200 patients and comparing the viral load present in samples taken with a swab, the virus has, quote, enormously weakened, according to, the Massimo, according to Massimo Clementi, director of the Microbiology and Virology Laboratory of San Rafael. Another Italian doctor from hospital in Genoa has echoed these views. That's right. So, so it's not that it doesn't exist. And that's what I've been saying throughout the entirety of it. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's unnecessary. But don't you worry, because this is, this is what they want. They don't want it to be devastating. Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo came out last week as well. He said, oh, the projections are wrong. The projections are wrong, but curfew starts at 8 p.m., it's like, how are you going to lie about the side of your mouth like that and then move on to the next thing? You shady snake in a suit. The projections are wrong. The hype was unnecessary, but now we have pandemic policing. We've got contact tracing, uh, temperature reading drones, things of this nature, and more. We are still left with the infection of authoritarianism. Don't worry. i got to keep drilling at home, knocking in these nails, proving the point right here. Shocking new report. Not new AP report shows that WHO, the World Health Organization, actively covered up for China's lies. We put this up June 7th or June 2nd it's by Tyler Durden over there at Zero Hedge. It says millions around the world have honored how the WHO could have possibly been so completely duped by Beijing during the early days of the outbreak in January when the organization parroted lies about the virus and praised Beijing as a, quote, model of pandemic response. Prior reports by the Associated Press and other Western media organizations have exposed how Beijing withheld critical information about the virus, including evidence of human-to-human -human spread for, for days, while China gobbled up all the PPE and other critical medical supplies. This is why, and we, and we talked about this too when it happened, President Xi Jinping laughed and said, <laughs> this would be good for the Chinese economy, because you, you've got to understand, Export the disease and then export the cure. Or export the disease, sell the cure. 
the same way that China's over there uh, uh, giving billions of dollars to, 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 to Africa to help build up their infrastructure, like we reported on years ago, them saying no, no strings attached. They're, they're putting these countries effectively in debt. You see, export the disease, sell the cure. <laughs> this would be marvelous for our, for our economy. <laughs> Continuing on, it says, On Tuesday, as the U.S. heals from a long weekend of violence and unrest, the AP has published a new report based on the details of a never-before-reported internal call where the World Health Organization higher-ups discussed what to do about China's obstinance, fearing a rerun of SARS. The recording reveals that Beijing didn't immediately cooperate with the World Health Organization, and as the WHO had previously claimed, but instead dragged its feet, much to the constant consternation of several top officials at the UN-linked NGO. Yeah, they, act, they, they covered it up. One of the uh, members of parliament from Japan went to the UN, caused like a raucous, and was just like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? We might as well rebrand the World Health Organization as the Chinese Health Organization because of what you're doing. This is an affront. You're covering up. You're covering up. And we had to sit there and live and deal with it and breathe with it. Exist in it. Go along with it. Wear the mask. Put the ball gag on. Put the chains on. Put the gloves on. So, so, like I said, I'm not saying that the virus itself is not real. I'm saying that it's less lethal, more contagious. As evidenced by my next article right here, uh, another article that comes from Zero Hedge. It says thousands of Dutch COVID-19 survivors likely have permanent lung damage, according to top pulmonologist. Yeah, there were reports coming out that people said roughly 40% of, uh, they lost roughly 40% of their lung functionality post-COVID. So as, as they recovered from COVID, they, uh, they, had at least, they, they only had 60% of their lung functions. This is why some people were saying that, hey, if you catch COVID, you can't join the army, you can't join the military, because your lungs are going to be all messed up. And so in the future, whenever we break this stuff down, I'm going to point out how this is another biological attack. You see. But we talked about, you know, again, how it attacks your upper respiratory tract and how there's different things that you can do. And when these people were given the ventilators, they were blowing out their lungs. But, 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 but again, because you didn't have autonomy, you didn't have people thinking for themselves, we were going lockstep with China. That's what we got. So I'm not saying that the virus isn't real. I'm saying that it's less lethal, more contagious, less deadly, more contagious. It is treatable. It is dealable. But... If we don't, uh, basically, if we don't wisen up and think for ourselves and really treat this the way that it needs to be and looked at, we're going to get screwed. I think I, I think I just worry because no one's talking about the man-made aspect of it, but that's a different discussion for a different day, I suppose. Uh, let's get into this article. We put this up May 28th. It's by Tyler Durden of, the Zero, of Zero Hedge. It says, COVID-19 may be far less deadly than originally projected, and asymptomatic cases may be even more common than first suspected. But for those who have caught it and come down with symptoms, the disease can leave people with lasting symptoms, including shortness of breath, lethargy, recurrent fevers, headaches, itchiness, and other mysterious problems that aren't going away. This is why we're trying to keep our eye on this strange new mysterious disease that is affecting children. 
continuing on, it says, to that, to that end, a top pulmonologist in the Netherlands says that thousands of Dutch residents who have recovered from COVID-19 may be left with permanent lung damage, resulted in decreased lung capacity and difficulty absorbing oxygen. Wei Feng Kong and Pri Chi P. Aguaro, according to Leon Van Toren, chairman of the Dutch Association of Physicians for Pulmonary Disease and Tuberculosis, NVALT, People are underestimating the consequences of the coronavirus. Quote, in severe cases, a kind of scar formation occurs. We call this lung fibrosis. The lungs shrink and the lung tissue becomes stiffer, making it hard to get, hard to get enough oxygen, Van de Toren told Dutch newspaper AD, adding that, quote, there may be thousands of people in the Netherlands who have suffered permanent injury from, to the lungs from corona. Of the 1,200 COVID-19 patients who so far recovered after admission to intensive care, almost 100% went home with residual damage, he said to AD. Uh, and about half of the 6,000 people who were hospitalized but did not need intensive care will have symptoms for the years to come. So far, 45,000 people in the Netherlands tested positive for the coronavirus. Many did not get sick enough to need hospital care in the group. Van de Toren expects that the permanent problems will be less serious, but still possible. Van de Toren says that the patients experiencing lung issues should be immediately see, should immediately see a pulmonologist as, quote, there may be a low oxygen level in the blood, which is harmful to the body. Quote, people with a history of corona infections should be monitored closely to see if recovery is complete, he added. So, yeah, I'm not saying... The virus isn't real. What I'm saying is, again, less lethal, more contagious. We can deal with this. It's treatable. But the way that we went about this was so <laughs> so archaic, so foolish, so dangerous, so deadly, that, that we should, that of course we should have worried. Good Lord. Why would you not worry? You see. Why would you not worry? about Trump coming out saying, we're going to go Operation Warp Speed, teaming up with Bill Gates to come up with a vaccine to try to fix this. Why would you not worry? There's an article right here from uh, Natural News by Lance D. Lance D. Johnson that puts it into perspective. It says, a survey finds that Americans are growing increasingly distrustful towards, quote, warp speed coronavirus vaccine development. Because just last week we were hearing about how the sun's coming out. People are going outside. The, the, the virus is losing its potency. It's, again, less lethal. Why do we need this? We don't. Get yourself some sunlight. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Let's get into this. It comes from Lancey Johnson. Like I said, they put this up May 28th. Uh, a growing number of Americans have become skeptical of an up-and-coming rushed coronavirus vaccine that is said to be distributed by the military. The very same military that begins to quell these protests nationwide. Who knows? Maybe they'll engage in contact tracing these various same protesters to give them the coronavirus vaccine. Continuing on, it says a new Reuters survey of 4,400 Americans conducted between May 13th and May 19th finds that 25% of respondents are, quote, not very interested in or not at all interested in the prospect of a vaccine for COVID-19. Approximately 40% believe warp speed vaccines will be more risky than the infection itself. And over a third of respondents would be less willing to take the vaccines if President Trump claimed they were safe. 
Another 11% are unsure about it altogether. Most survey respondents are concerned about the current speed of vaccine development and the force by which these experimental injections are being pushed into existence. Quote, with all the attention on COVID-19, I would have expected more people to be interested in getting a vaccine. Somewhere around 75%, said Dr. William Schnaffner, vaccine expert at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. Americans grow, uh, it goes on to talk about Americans growing weary of the coercion to, oh, get the shot, get the shot, Bill Gates, you're going to love it. Uh. In some states, lockdowns are being prolonged and weaponized, forcing residents to accept, quote, a new normal of, of, of lost freedoms until a vaccine or other pharmaceuticals are rushed into existence. This level of medical coercion, emboldened by the force of unlawful government mandates, is making many people think twice about the injection they are being told to submit their lives to. In March, Congress approved a $8.3 billion in emergency funding, and more than $3 billion of that is going directly to vaccines or to vaccine makers to fast-track an injection that will undoubtedly be marketed as a one-size-fits-all solution to counter the novel coronavirus and its 32 identified mutations. The to get a vaccine also included a late-March stimulus package that doled out $11 billion for diagnostics and rushed vaccine experiments that will inevitably carry their own risks. That's right, because people don't want to be guinea pigs. What a novel concept that they don't want to be guinea pigs. And so as this information is coming out, it's being exposed, all this <laughs> all this stuff's coming out, The Bill Gates' involvement, Tedro Cabrasius' uh, uh, compliance, his laissez-faire, all of his nonsense, they had to come up with something to distract us because we were becoming unified, not only in seeking new and alternative therapies, ways to really go about this. We were really learning our own biology, immunology, society, and more. They had to come up with something to disrupt it. You see. But no, that's, that's, that's not how the mind works. That's not at least how my mind works. My mind starts thinking to me, hey, there's got to be other solutions. There has to be other solutions. Lo and behold, fast forward to where we are now. Again, and I'll put that episode for Dr. Stephanie Groots in the description bar below. Lo and behold, right here, killing the coronavirus with the handheld light device, and UV light device, may be feasible. So why do we need a vaccine? When we had Stephanie Groots on, she talked about, and I, you know me, characterizing things. I talked about injecting light <laughs> in your body. It's not the same. You're disinfecting things with the UV light. So why do we need a vaccine? The people who are manufacturing the vaccine, and I've talked about this throughout the entirety of it, the vaccine won't do anything. They're just trying to say, oh, well, if you get this vaccine, you won't catch coronavirus. The only way they can, they can do that is by modifying your DNA so that you're unable to, 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 to be infected. You see what I'm saying? That's why I talked about Hiejin Q. Hiejin Q. The, 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 the Chinese geneticists that made Nunu and Lala, uh, Lulu and Nana, the HIV AIDS resistant Chinese babies. That was a precursor to where we're at today. Bill Gates is now trying to do that. Work on your own biology, your own computer system, your own body, so that you're unable to contract the virus. It sounds good on the top, but our bodies are meant to contract these things so that we can have a bigger and stronger immune system. He's trying to play God. We don't need these vaccines especially whenever you have a fantastic invention such as this. 
I'm getting excited as I typically do. Let me read this article to you guys, and then we'll close this segment out. <laughs> and like I said, I'll put the episode to Dr. Stephanie Groots in the description bar below. Killing light, or killing coronavirus with hand, with handheld ultraviolet light device may be feasible. We put this up June second. Comes from Natural Blaze. It says a personal handheld device emitting high intensity ultraviolet light to disinfect areas may be killing the novel coronavirus is now feasible, according to researchers at Penn State, the University of Minnesota, and two Japanese universities. There are two commonly employed methods to sanitize and disinfect areas from bacteria and viruses, chemicals, or ultraviolet radiation exposure. The UV radiation is in the 200 to 300 nanometer nanometer range and known to destroy the virus, making the virus incapable of reproducing and infecting. Widespread adoption of this, of this efficient UV approach is much in demand during the current pandemic, but it requires UV radiation sources that emit sufficient high doses of UV light. While devices with these high doses currently exist, UV radiation source is typically an expensive mercury-containing gas discharge lamp, which requires high power, has a rel relatively short lifetime, and is bulky. The solution is to develop high-performance UV light-emitting diodes, which would be far more portable, long-lasting, energy-efficient, and environmentally benign. While these LEDs exist, applying a current to them for light emission is complicated by the fact that the electrode material also has to be transported to the transparent to UV light. Quote, you have to ensure a sufficient UV light dose to kill all the viruses, said Roman Engel Herbert. Penn State Associate Professor of Material Sciences, Physics, and Chemistry. Quote, this means you need a high-performance UV LED emitting a high intensity of UV light, which is currently limited by the transparent electrode material being used. While finding transparent electrode materials operating in the visible spectrum for dialysis, smartphones, and LED light, uh, lighting is a long-standing problem. The challenge is, more, is, is even more difficult for ultraviolet light. There is currently no good solution for a UV transparent electrode, said Joseph Roth, doctoral candidate in material sciences at, and engineering uh, at Penn State. And then it just basically goes on to talk about what's necessary uh, to, to, to build it. You know, and this is, this is what's crazy. These things need to be talked about. We need to bring these things up. And I know people don't care because, oh, you know, race riots, right? But these people just got away with a virus with carrying out a pandemic and scaring the heck out of the entire world. And if we're not going to hold them accountable and at least talk about why we need to be moving forward in a proper way, putting a bow on this, like I said at the start of the transmission, then they're going to be able to get away with more of this nonsense. And that's essentially what we're going to be talking about in the next segment. <laughs> I talked about pandemic policing just with you guys the other week before we had Charles Casson of Truth is Terrorism on. And look at where we're at now. Social disintegration, riots, protests all over the nation, all under the guise of false enlightenment. So, yes, we've passed the first wave, and I'm grateful for the people that are still here with us. We now have another battle, and it looks like it's over here on our own home front. But what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into the George Floyd protests, as well as the troops being deployed on American citizens. Yeah. This is Battleground America. This is 2020. We're going to look back at these times and think, good Lord, how are we so savage? How are we so chaotic? How are we so destabilized? Co-opted protests, 
George Soros, destabilization, civil unrest, civil war, and more is on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. We'll be right back right after this. forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home. Welcome back. Yeah. You know. I knew it was a hoax at the beginning, bruh. But listen. Listen, Linda. 
Listen, 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 Linda, listen. For people who are coming in that are new here, you know, they, uh, they, they have to understand what we do. We have a history, like I said, of just proving this type of stuff, breaking these things down and really looking at things. Now, obviously, we're going to be talking about the George Floyd protests. And, you know, we've got the video. We've got the clips. I'll pull it up for you guys right here. I'm debating if I, debating whether or not I even want to play it. Don't know if I want to have murder on my, on my feed. But right here, quote, I can't breathe. Video shows cops kneel on motionless man's neck until he dies. Now, it's come out later, you know, that he's got fentanyl in his system. There could be some Molly, some MDMA there. You know, he knows the cop, right? He's a porn star. They both work at the same club together. You know, he's got the weird Freemasonic eagle on his chest. It's strange. It's very strange. Uh, you know, there's a lot of very strange things surrounding George Floyd. I will not lie. And I'm sure you can all go down the conspiratorial ra uh, rabbit hole trying to find that. What I'm trying to point out by just simply saying this right here, for 10 minutes, man, this guy had his neck just like snapped, just, just, just sat on. Regardless of how you feel, this is still a human being. You can't be treating humans like this. Yes, all lives matter, and especially and, and black lives matter too, for sure. But and this is why we talk about these things all the time. You know, the the, the police state, police accountability, these killer cops, these, this this police brutality. It's a very real thing. But now, you know, you have people all over the world that have taken this cause, hashtag justice for George Floyd, and they've taken this as a movement for police reform. We're seeing some very strange things happen uh, as, as far as the police. Some people are being unable to rough up people. Like it, it, It's really crazy what's going on. And that's how you know this is the next, this is the next thing, race riots, class warfare, and so much more. Uh, but let me read a little bit of this. And then, unfortunately, I'll, I'll, I'll play the clip, but I'll keep it going on in the background for you guys because it's uh, it really is mind-blowing. And, unfortunately, I have another <laughs> – have another clip of David Don, a 77-year-old retired police officer who was shot to death during these, during these protests for George Floyd, but that won't get talked about. You see, because this stuff, it, it, it's getting crazy out there. Uh, but here, let me play this clip, and then I'll continue on. This article comes from uh, the Free Thought Project. They put this up May 26. It's by Matt Agarist. It says, after the death of Eric Garner in 2014, and after it shook the nation, the phrase, I can't breathe, has become a chilling symbol for violence doled out at the hands of the state. The Free Thought Project has reported on multiple instances in which entirely peaceful and often innocent people have muttered those words just before police officers squeeze the last bit of life from their bodies. Tragically, as a video you're watching shows us, this is still happening. Monday night, police officers in Minneapolis responded to a call over an allegedly, quote, forgery in progress. And when the cops arrived, they found a man who appeared to be in his 40s who, quote, fit the description. As a young black man, that's some old racist stuff if you've ever heard it right there. <laughs> Fit in the description. I just got to say, too, you know, because we really don't cover race here. It's not one of our chief things. I'm not d talking about race to virtue signal to get people's attention. 
I was talking about just the other week with you guys, how the majority of callers that we had in on our Instagram Live were black and how crazy it is to, is to just be a symbol in that way and how many blue check mark rappers are in my DMs uh, asking these types of questions. And so it's just crazy to see the movement like Black Lives Matter take over whenever you can represent the black movement in another way. Uh, but I'm, 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 I'm getting distracted and adding personal things. Let me get back into this article. It says, uh, quote, officers were advised that the suspect was sitting on top of a blue car and that appeared to be under the influence, the police statement said. Quote, two officers arrived and located the suspect, a male believed to be in his 40s, in his car. He was ordered to step from his car, and after he got out, he, was physically, res he physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Officers called for an ambulance. The man died soon after the treatment, or soon after, the statement said, adding that, quote, at no time were any weapons of any type used on anyone involving or involved in this incident. Body-worn cameras were on and activated during this incident, as the disturbing video shows. The above description by police leaves out many details, <laughs> as you can clearly see. The man, who had only fit the description of a forgery suspect, was thrown to the ground by police and held under a police officer's knee for five minutes. Five, min five minutes with a knee on his neck. Quote, my stomach hurts, my neck hurts, everything hurts. I need water or something. Please, please, I can't breathe. Officer, I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. And, 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 and you're seeing other officers sit there, stand by, do nothing. Nothing. While this man's literally fighting for his life. And I know people don't want to hear that. He resisted arrest. He should have complied. He was under the influence. All these things. And hardly any respect. And what's crazy, too, and we'll talk about this, the bootlicking. I, I, I think, uh, just, again, being a black dude, I really can't, I really have to leave the racial aspect out of it because there's a lot of emotional attachments to this, and people are making it racial. You know, we need to talk about how these are corrupt, <laughs> yeah, corrupt cops. What are these people being taught? They're learning these things. They're, learning, they're being told, shoot first, ask questions later. They're being told to shoot because shoot and say you were in fear of your life. You see. Yeah, we need to have a whole reform of cops. But taking it to this hyperpolarized extreme, that's something that I, I want to advocate. Terrifying video. Truly terrifying because that could that could be me. <laughs> and I've talked about, you know, racial encounters, racist encounters I've had and stuff like that for sure. And it's and it's a very real thing, and I'm not downplaying racist at all. It's a very very real reality. But what's happening now is rather than healing, rather than us having a moment to say, you know what, we're all affected by not only this virus, the government, and more. Look at how we all got hoaxed. This 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 opportune time where we've essentially been traumatized is being taken over and manipulated for nefarious deeds. So before we continue on with those nefarious deeds, I want to just go ahead and say right here, three, those, those three officers you guys saw right there, they've all been charged. The man that had his knee on his neck, Derek Chauvin, he's been charged. His charges have been increased to murder. 
This is another follow-up story by the Free Thought Project. They put this up June 3rd. It says, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison is charging the three officers involved in the George Floyd killing and Derek Chauvin will now face a second-degree murder charge. Senator Amy Klobuchar confirmed on Monday. I'm going to go ahead and keep playing that video for you guys uh, while we while we get uh, other things up because it's important that not necessarily that we play these things, good Lord, because this is terrifying for anyone to watch. We're watching this man's last moments of his life. But that we, we, we again, put a bow on this. This type of behavior is not going to be acceptable in the future. It's just, it, it just flat out won't be. I'm sorry, I just, uh, it just it's, it's just crazy. You know, this is somebody's dad. This is somebody's uncle. This is somebody's relative. Whether you want to attach like a conspiracy to it or not, dude, like you're, you're, you're missing the point <laughs> that the, that we can't be letting these things happen, that we can't treat fellow humans like this. I'll ha- I have a, another story I'm going to bring up later with you guys about a man essentially saving pr- uh, fellow protesters during the, during all this, because that's what it's about. We're still people. You see how this officer right now, audio listeners, you can't see it. There's an officer standing in front of these guys, basically complicit. It's crazy. Um, Let me continue on with the article. It says, footage of Chauvin pressing his knee on a Floyd's neck despite the prone man saying he couldn't breathe went viral and drew widespread condemnation. The officer was fired over the incident and charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. Protesters across the nation have demanded the three officers at the scene, which originated as a response to his suspected forgery, be held accountable as well. Quote, this is another important step for justice, the senator tweeted. The three officers, Tao Thao, uh, J. Alexander Kuang, and Thomas Lane, will be charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder, according to the Star Tribune. Ellison is expected to make an official announcement on Wednesday afternoon. The attorney general only recently took over the case after the request of Governor Tim Walz. It was previously being handled by the Hennepin Hennepin County Attorney's Office. Floyd's death has sparked major anti-police brutality protests across the U.S., and while many were peaceful, others devolved into looting, rioting, and violence. The National Guard has been activated in several states to help quell the unrest and curfews put in place in New York City, Nashville, and other areas. While numerous videos of police lashing out at protesters and journalists having gone viral in recent days, police officers have also become the target of violence, including retired Captain David Dorn, who was killed while trying to stop a burglary in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, and that's a uh, that too is a terrifying video. That wasn't even planned. Ter- it's a terrifying video. I don't think we'll even pull it up for you guys, but you know, all of this is insane. And I've really tried to keep my cool when covering it because I didn't. Uh, I try to stay very tied to the information. But all of this is insane. There's no way that you can justify this type of behavior to me. There's no way that, you know, any of what happened from last week into this week, I'm, I'm honestly like appalled and disgusted. Trump saying, oh, when the, looting starts, the stu- the, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, you're basically encouraging this type of behavior. You know, it's, it's borderline if you don't, it, it, it would be better if you don't engage. You get me? But fanning the flames, trying to intentionally tick people off, sending mixed communications and messages, it doesn't help. 
You get me? There are people within our comments that are just like, oh, you don't want them to send in the military freedom? Oh, what, what are you, a troll or an agent? It's like, are you retarded? Do you see the days that we are in? These are not people who are going to be respectable in their power or respectable at all. You're hoping. You're hoping so. We're dealing with authoritarians. We're dealing with delusional people. You're hoping that people have these same views. That's why the same way that they're arresting Antifa people, they're arresting those, air quotes, boogaloo boys. They're arresting anybody that's, that's not them. You are effectively a, a, a criminal to these people. Let me read a little of this. Uh, it comes from the, free, from the Free Thought Project, but they reposted it over there at Sons of Liberty Media. They put this up May 29th. It says, quote, the, shooting, the looting starts, the shooting starts. Trump calls for extrajudicial execution of rioters. It says, in a tweet around midnight Central Standard Time, President Trump took to his Twitter account and threatened to begin extrajudicially executing protesters suspected of looting in Minneapolis. This is an unprecedented move by a president and speaks to the nature of the current situation in the United States. Sealing a TV from Target does not warrant a death sentence, especially without due process. After Trump made the threat, Twitter hid, his, hid the tweet behind a warning Friday, accusing him of breaking its rules by, quote, glorifying violence. However, this was so much more than glorifying violence. This is advocating for the extrajudicial slaughter of hundreds of people over property damage. Over property damage. And here, let me pull up the tweet, the tweet for you guys. And I think this is why I'm confused on how to really how to really deal with this. Is he? Why is he? Why is Donald Trump saying one thing and then having the, the White House say something else? The White House said this. Quote, these thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. And I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Waltz, and he told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty, and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. Now, before I continue on, I guess that escalation of violence. You remember how he handled North Korea? Just escalating, escalating, escalating. That is not a good tactic to me. I'm, I guess I want peaceful resolution, and I get it. Oh, it's Trump. It's the art of the deal. 5D chess. That's how he handles things. Escalation, escalation, escalation leads to houses being destroyed, businesses being bombed, ATMs being exploded, cars being robbed, uh, 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 people, just, just total bedlam and chaos. You get me? That escalation is going to lead to his Illuminati card game card. Enough is enough the activation of the military it's going to lead to the martial law that we are trying to put that we are trying to put off continuing on it says trump's disgraceful tweet can now only be seen after clicking on a notice which says quote this tweet violated the twitter rules about glorifying violence however twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible clearly tone deaf to his historically unprecedented act of unconstitutional and outright dictatorial calls for mass execution of americans without due process Trump claimed Twitter censored his tweet because, quote, they are targeting Republicans. This morning, instead of Americans over property, this morning, instead of apologizing for calling for the slaughter of Americans over property damage, the White House retweeted Trump's call for ex execution. Trump will now undoubtedly use the fact that Twitter flagged his tweet as fuel for his fire that is the massive regulation of social media. Coincidentally, Trump's call to revoke Section 230 is a direct play out of the master of censorship's playbook it goes on to basically break down how the, the again just the, the very very sophisticated stuff that's going on right now the, the the trap that's being set to where we think everything's okay uh but here 
Let me continue on. The looting starts, the shooting starts. How all of this went down is just very, very speculative, very, very suspect and sketch. Uh, Commenters on this post that we put up said, why was this police station in Minneapolis, why was it emptied? Where were the people in jail? You don't just randomly up and leave a police station. Who gave them the heads up? I'm going to play a quick clip. And it basically just talks about uh, this. This it, it's it's crazy. Audio listeners, unfortunately, you can't see it, but it's uh, these protesters that take over the Minneapolis police station. I'll put the link in the description bar below. Uh, currently, this video has forty-seven thousand views, but it says demonstrators have broken into a Minneapolis police headquarters, setting fires and destroying everything in sight amid unrest unleashed by the killing of a local black man at the hands of law enforcement. <laughs> And the sprinklers are coming on in that room. Right here. It has gone way through. Fires are starting in multiple rooms. The third precinct. The precinct where the officers were employed. And this is for George Floyd, murdered by Minneapolis police officers from the third precinct. That's what they were drinking. Yeah, you guys can find that link in our description bar because the footage there is just mind-blowing, you know. After that happened, I think that, like, happened Friday night and from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all the way into, like, this week, man, there were nothing but protests, nothing but destruction, nothing but bedlam, mayhem, chaos, and more. Candace Owens came out, said that this is Soros. She, he's funding this destabilization you know, you've got to call this out. Stop giving money to black folks to have them riot. This is ridiculous. Um, and thank the Lord that there were people all over the Internet who, 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 were, who were woke to this stuff, who were hip to this stuff, because right here, uh, organized violence. Rioters are finding huge piles of bricks in U.S. cities. Let's take a listen. Do better. Do better. Uh, this article comes from Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. And before I get into it, I just want to uh, read, play for you another video of <laughs> bricks in the city. Bro, you 
got no brakes, bro. And they're protesting. Shit crazy. Some random ass brakes, bro. Ain't no construction. Ain't no construction, bro. Just some random ass brakes sitting here. I, I'm, I'm laughing because I just got this like scene in my head of just <laughs> of, like boondocks. It's like, oh man, you know, black folks love throwing chairs. When black folks start throwing chairs, you, <laughs> oh man, you know, you know, it's about to get lit. And so, just the, the 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 playing on racial issues, the racism involved in all this is crazy uh, on so many levels. It says that there are several videos and pictures of large pallets of new bricks left in the city. Sinners throughout the city or throughout the U.S. are fueling the theory that the organized groups are funding the violence that raged through the weekend in America. Police in Kansas City uh, tweeted Sunday that they discovered a stash of bricks and rocks to be used during a riot. Some Black Lives Matter, some Black Lives Matter protesters are clashing with Antifa pencil necks. However, other videos have emerged of Antifa type issuing orders to definite non-Antifa types to cause trouble. Uh, this next video I'm going to play for you guys. It literally reminded me something out of a video game. Uh, you've got people walking down the street protesting, and then all of a sudden, these people show up in all black outfits. They go over to this little uh, box-like area. They break down the little wooden barrier, and lo and, lo and behold, there's bricks right there. It's like they... I'm going to use like a video game analogy. It's like they ran over to this box, pre held down X, or held down like the, the, the square button or whatever, and started looting... And then they found bricks. They became equipped with bricks. It literally is something out of a video game. They're playing on the people's uh, 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 not only ability to be controlled, manipulated, and mind-controlled, but they want to weaponize that violence. You ever been to a protest, man? It gets real, real hard trying not to get whipped into the frenzy. Let's play this, and I'll continue on with the article. It is literally something straight out of a video game. It's like you're running down the street and then you see like a, a treasure chest or something over there. So you have to go to it because you need new ammo, you need new items, you need something. And then it's just perfectly laid out there for these people. It's like sitting there like a, like a, like a box of candy. You see, continuing on, it says former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Kirk or Carrick has called for an FBI investigation into who is funding the, quote, domestic terrorism orchestrated by Antifa and some Black Lives Matter agitators. Quote, I think the FBI has to investigate, especially this time, when you have an enormous coordination between what's going on in Minneapolis, then Los Angeles, Houston, Atlanta, and more, Carrick urged. Uh, adding that, quote, there's a bunch of coordination going on. When you look at some of these people that were in Minneapolis, some of the leaders in the group were young white men all dressed up in black with military-grade radio communications who were central command posts with earpieces. Carrick noted, quote, look around the country, and every one of these cities we're talking about, you're seeing the same exact thing. You're seeing the same type of leadership. You're seeing the same antagonists. These are left-wing radical groups like Antifa, BLM, and more, and a number of other groups funded by people like George Soros and others. They go out, they do this for political reasons. Because they're not destroying real buildings. They're destroying people's livelihoods. You got to think, and I talked about this, man. I'll, I'll say this before I get into my next article. 
there was I, I couldn't even I didn't post it this morning, but it's like New York City looters show up in a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar Rolls Royce to ransack store. What is that? That's a flex, okay? That's a flex. That's somebody saying, hey, look, I'm going to send my goons down here in the side of your store with a nice car, destroy your property, run up in your store, take everything I need, and they'll get away with it too. You know why? Because we have that kind of money. We have that kind of pull. We have that kind of influence. That's what this all has been. A soft flex. The new normal Dr. Anthony Fauci, everybody wearing masks, getting along. It's code. There's going to be information coming out soon about the organizational structure behind Antifa and more, the hierarchy. We ourselves have been listed. We talked about that this week. And then they came out. I, I, can't, I can't get into it. We're going to, there's more information that's going to come out about the hierarchy and the structure of Antifa. These people are very, very well organized. We cannot laugh about them these, this time around. Whenever they're using fire mages, right? People that are doing Molotov cocktails, blowing up bombs. Let me see if I can just pull up that clip for you. We put it up last night just before we went to bed. It was some dude, some 24-year-old kid rigging explosives in ATMs. Fire mages destroying things, throwing Molotov cocktails, blowing up um, blowing up ATMs. White mate, or medics, right? Running around, healing all kinds of people. People embodying the role of the, of, of the peaceful protesters. You have to understand the coordination. That's why I tried to give you the data dump of whenever I experienced it here in my own backyard. That's why I went to the protest here. Just to see the coordination. You, you, uh, because a lot of people are armchair researchers. And they don't like to do the hybrid work that we like to do. You don't, you don't experience these things. You're not exposed to these things. These people are becoming very, very sophisticated in how they're doing these things. And it's not just smash and grabbers. That's why it got taken over real quick. And, and, and I'm telling you, you're going to have them also take over the Patriot Movement, the, sec, the Second Amendment Movement, the 2A boys, the Boogaloo boys. They're going to impersonate those people. This is a, there is some sophisticated coordination. That's why it's, it is military-grade uh, subversion. That's why they have a right to say domestic terrorists. This is a serious thing. Trump going to the bunker because of this, because he knows they're coming for him. This is not a joke. These are not normal days. You see, these are this. This is not normal days. And whenever again, you've just got you've got radicals over here saying they're fighting for your freedoms. You've got radicals in the police saying, oh, we're here to protect and serve, and civilians are caught right here in the middle, not unable to protect themselves. This is bedlam, lawlessness, and chaos. I want to draw your guys' attention real quick uh, to this, this, this again, mind-blowing and almost dystopian event that happened this past weekend when all these protests were going down dystopian because I, um, I'm, I'm not even sure what to make of this. And the fact that we have followers that actually are, in, or are, 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 are encouraging this is mind-blowing as well. Right here, light them up. Military and police open fire on innocent people in their own home. These are people standing on their porch watching as a, as, as, as a, as a squad of police walk down their streets like a bunch of Nazi soldiers or just machines. And people are saying, good Lord, what's going on? They scream, get inside the house. And then before people are like, what, what, what is this? I'm sorry. I thought this was my neighborhood. I didn't realize this was Nazi America. They get shot. 
And then you have people in the comments of this post that has 32,000 views at the moment advocating this type of authoritarian and draconian moves. This is dangerous. This comes from DC Clothesline by Matt Agarist over there at Free Thought Project. They put this up June 1st. It says, utterly horrifying video was just submitted to the Free Thought Project showing the police and National Guard patrolling a neighborhood in Minneapolis and opening fire in people standing on their porch. Several innocent people were standing on their front porch filming Humvees rolling down the street that were followed by dozens of troops on the ground. The troops were yelling at the residents to, quote, get inside. And as the innocent people stood on their own property, someone in the group of the troop gave the order to, quote, light them up. The trooper, the cop, then turned toward the group of people filming and opened fire. The police then, the people that ran inside and appeared to dust off debris, possibly from the ricochet. It says, this is not acceptable. I'm going to say this is unacceptable. This is the lawlessness. This is that bedlam. How are these people protecting and serving? This is what you want to be by? Let's let's let the audio listeners, you guys can't see it, but let's take a listen. You got people saying, oh, they're rubber bullets. Oh, they're all right. Oh, they're fine. You're missing the point, my friend. Oh, well, this is a good thing. Have you ever been shot with a rubber bullet? You ever been, you ever been tear gas? You ever been maced? Have you ever been to a protest? You ever had your rights trampled on like this? You know, this is not good. This is not good at all. This type of behavior should be opposed. This is what we should really be protesting. This is what I'm up against. You see, and so as this is going on, because I'll, I'll get into a next clip, I'll play it for you guys. Trump saying he's going to deploy thousands of heavily armed troops. And, then, and that is, is, again, more of that threat escalation, right? Trying to quell the things, but, but you don't understand what this is doing. This is, this is literally kicking a bear, antagonizing things, making things crazy. And whenever all this bedlam and chaos is going on, what does Trump do right here? Boom. President Trump rushed to the underground bunker as domestic terrorists depend upon, descend upon the White House. This is all happening within the, within the span of this weekend. And we all just had like a, a, a witness to the, the, the potential martial law that's coming. Like I said, two weeks ago, I talked to you about pandemic policing. This week, we're now seeing underground bunkers being mentioned, troops being deployed, military posse commentators thrown right out the window. You know, you're, 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 you're a slave in your own country. This is crazy. People not even sure who to turn to. Call the cops, they'll shoot you, or they'll stand on your neck for more than 10 minutes. Can't call, you know, your neighborhood people. This is ridiculous. We put this up. June 1st, it's from your newswire, says far-left terrorists who descended upon the White House on Friday prompted the Secret Service to rush President Trump to a secret, service, to a secret underground bunker. 
Trump spent nearly an hour in the bunker, which was designed for use in emergency-like terrorist attacks. The Antifa-led riots are reminiscent of a military coup that you would see taking place in a third-world country. TheGatewayPundit.com reports that FBI agents are assisting the D.C. police and the National Guard. The Washington Times reports that the entire D.C. or the Washington, D.C. National Guard, roughly 1,700 soldiers, is being called in to help with the response to protest outside the White House and elsewhere in the nation's capital, according to the two Defense Department officials. Fox News reports that 50 Secret Service agents have been injured and they are, and they are fearing possible car bombs in the area. Many outlets are reporting that President Trump has been taken to the underground bunker leaked by someone in the administration, PBS reports. Secret Service agents rushed President Donald Trump to a White House bunker on Friday night as hundreds of protesters gathered outside the executive mansion, some of them throwing rocks and tugging at police barricades because it's getting hot. Because it's getting hot and they need a scapegoat. I mean, like it, it, it really is kind of crazy seeing where things are going and just seeing the, the, the gradual escalation, the, the manipulation of the public. Uh, you know, Trump will literally become the dictator that they said he was going to be. He will become the Hitler. Because of what Antifa is doing, because of this radical escalation of violence, hysteria, delusional thinking, by us never really ever having peaceful resolution, unity, or, 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 or finding common ground, this polarization is going to lead to such chaos. And we're seeing the precursor of it now. You see. Trump's Illuminati card is enough is enough. Does this article title put it into perspective for you. Trump is deploying thousands of heavily armed troops to put down anti-police brutality protests. Now, before I play this for you, I thoroughly believe you should have every right to protest. That's why I went to uh, to these, these most recent ones. Not necessarily for the Black Lives Matter thing, but to protest police brutality. And down there, I talked about with people how I've been protesting this since James Boyd. Uh, this is a individual that was killed in the foothills here in America back in like 2000. Shucks, 13 or 2012, 13 or 14. Fast forward to where we're at now. Protesting George Floyd. I've been protesting police brutality since James Boyd to George Floyd. Six years or more. You see? But that's what I'm saying. People have a right to protest. Shutting these things down is only going to embolden and aggravate people more. He will not have died in vain. But we cannot allow the righteous cries and peaceful protesters to be drowned out by an angry mob. The biggest victims of the rioting are peace-loving citizens in our poorest communities. And as their president, I will fight to keep them safe. I will fight to protect you. I am your president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. But in recent days, our nation has been gripped by professional anarchists, violent mobs, arsonists, looters, criminals, rioters, Antifa, and others. A number of state and local governments have failed to take necessary action to safeguard their residents. Innocent people have been savagely beaten, like the young man in Dallas, Texas, who was left dying on the street or the woman in upstate New York, viciously attacked by dangerous thugs. 
Small business owners have seen their dreams utterly destroyed. New York's finest have been hit in the face with bricks. Brave nurses who have battled the virus are afraid to leave their homes. A police precinct has been overrun here in the nation's capital, the Lincoln Memorial and the World War II Memorial have been vandalized. One of our most historic churches was set ablaze. A federal officer in California, an African-American enforcement hero, was shot and killed. These are not acts of peaceful protest. These are acts of domestic terror the destruction of innocent life and the spilling of innocent blood is an offense to humanity and a crime against God. America needs creation, not destruction. Cooperation, not contempt. Security, not anarchy. Healing, not hatred. Justice, not chaos. This is our mission and we will succeed 100% we will succeed. Our country always wins. That is why I am taking immediate presidential action to stop the violence and restore security and safety in America. I am mobilizing all available federal resources, civilian and military, to stop the rioting and looting, to end the destruction and arson, and to protect the rights of law-abiding Americans, including your Second Amendment rights. Therefore, the following measures are going into effect immediately. First, we are ending the riots and lawlessness that has spread throughout our country. We will end it now. Today, I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets. Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. I am also taking swift and decisive action to protect our great capital. Washington, D.C. What happened in this city last night was a total disgrace. I'll put the link for that in the description bar below if you guys want to watch it in its entirety. Uh, but I wanted to get that on there because people need to understand that the days we're entering into, they're going to get even crazier. There's, there's really nothing else for me to say. Um, you heard me earlier in the week talk about the activation of a militia so that civilians can maintain their own form of order, right? And then later on, you heard uh, the Florida Sheriff of Polk County, Polk County Sheriff Grady, Judy, Grady Jude, talk about uh, homeowners having guns and why it's important for people to have the means for them to defend themselves. So this is what's going on. Social disintegration is a very real thing. When the rule of law is out there, there's no more law and order, where, where things are getting lawless, this is, this is when people have to protect themselves. This is where we've reached. And I'm not saying, oh, go out there and go kill an Antifa or, or defend yourself. I'm saying we should not be reaching this escalation point. If, our, if, 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 if violence has to be used 
as a means to get your view across, you probably don't really have a view that should be adopted. And if we're getting to this point where we have to defend ourselves, do we do we even know what we believe in? Let me play this clip for you guys, and then we'll continue on. Uh, we put this up June 2nd. It's by uh, Baxter Dimitri over there at News Punch, but let's take a listen. We have received information on social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. So leave the community alone. And we'll do our best to support the community. But ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. All of that ugliness has taken away from what we're united about. We're united about the conduct that you saw with George, where his life was taken with the knee to the neck. It's horrific, and there's not enough words to explain that. Let's get the focus on that. We have received information on social media. Yeah, yeah because uh, just last week, they said, we're going to take this to the suburbs. We're coming to the suburbs next. Uh, and, we, and, and we've seen them trying to get things started in the suburbs. We've seen this 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 new wave. I think we're just going to go ahead and call it what it is. They said crime peaked in the 90s, disappeared in the 2000s. You know, and now we have hip hop, we got rap, we got trap, man. We got we got a lot of a lot of grimy people, a lot of scumbags, a lot of degenerates, a lot of dirtbags. You haven't really heard me use this this word this year, but you but it's a very real thing. And they've been waiting, they've been cooling, waiting for stuff to go down. And they're being told, this is the new normal, this is your chance. Go out there, go do it. Go seize. Don't worry, we'll pay for your bail. That's why you have celebrities paying for these people's bail. Now that they've been declared domestic terrorism, are celebrities financing terrorism? Are these people going to get locked up? And even when they go to jail, are they going to stay there because they're letting criminals out, nonviolent offenders, because of corona? Do you see what's happening right now, the psychology that's being promoted? That's, again, more of that lawlessness. Right here, Colorado cops seize weapons and military gear from Boogaloo Boys after George Floyd protest afterwards. Uh, this is actually by Ra Travis Geddes. They put this up June 1st. It's from Ross Story. It says Colorado police seized military-style weapons and ammunition from so-called Boogaloo Boys who took part in weekend protests of police brutality. Chevy McGee, a 21-year-old anti-government activist from Fort Collins, was stopped Friday evening near, near a downtown Denver protest, and police said they were called to investigate whether someone in McGee's group was wearing a plate carrier vest, uh, reported the Colorado Times recorder. Quote, shout out to Denver PD for stealing our shit last night, McGee posted on his Facebook account. Quote, none of this left the trunk of our car, left, left the trunk of our car and they said they had reasonable suspicion because someone called that that's why they searched it. They cuffed us and let us go after 30 minutes. Some of McGee's social media associates mocked him for allowing police to seize guns without a fight, but he said officers caught the group as they changed out of clothes covered in pepper spray. 
McGee said he and his fellow Boogaloo boys offered water to protesters and shouted profanity at police, but did not take any firearms because open carry is prohibited under Colorado law. Boogaloo supporters, loosely organized anti-government gun enthusiasts who congregate online to prepare for what they believe is an un- is an inevitable second civil war, did carry rifles in the weekend's protest in Salt Lake City and other areas where open carry is permitted. Quote, we wanted to go help people. This was not a protest to open carry for us, McGee told the Times Recorder. Quote, our main goal was to aid the injured. We both agreed this is not the time to try to carry, etc. But we always keep our guns, gear and guns, in the trunk, no matter what, because that's what the Constitution allows us to do. We would love to eventually try to open carry in Denver, but not for this protest. McGee made news last month after his associate Brad Bunn was arrested for possessing a pipe bomb. The pair had been planning to illegally open carry rifles at May 1st's open, reopen Colorado protests, but the plan fell apart after FBI agents Larimer and, 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 and Larimer County Sheriff deputies raided Bunn's house that morning. So they're coming for everybody. They're coming for anybody on the left. They're coming for people who are on the right. It doesn't matter. They don't want people to stand up for themselves. They want you to be a serf, a slave. Because we have a we got a sign out front that says, I don't call cops, right? <laughs> uh, they don't like that, though, because that's an empowered individual. They want you to be a slave of the state. Yeah, very, very interesting. I'm very curious to see where that's going to go. Because the boogaloo is a very real thing, but you've also got to worry about agent provocateurs. If you don't think that there's going to be Antifa-like characters waiting to infiltrate the 2A movement or who are not already there, I don't know what to tell you. So you got to be, uh, be safe out there. Check your six. You see, and this is why I've worried about groups. This is why I've worried about all this, this, this mad dash for gun control and everything. But... One of the main things that's important there is people have to understand this was done after the seizure or after the protests. We're talking about contact tracing. We're talking about red flag gun laws. Did you notice that? But because we're, we're, we're focused on one issue, we're unable to see the, all the other issues. So if you're part of the Boogaloo Boy movement, you're doing this, you want to do your Boogaloo side quests, stay away from the protests. Don't open carry there. It may seem like a good idea to have armed protests and protecting other people's businesses unless they literally reach out to you or you guys have some type of agreed thing. Don't do it because they're looking for reasons to set people up, kid, uh, uh, arrest them, get their information, and then begin to monitor them as informants. It's very, very sketchy what's going on, guys. People have to understand the very sophisticated uh, stuff that's going on. Uh, but this brings me to my next point. U.S. lawmakers are pushing to take legal immunity and military weapons away from cops. This is a good thing if you ask me, because the hypermilitarization of the police that we saw underneath Obama, the Ferguson riots that we saw in 2014, everything that we're seeing today, it's a very, very sick symptom of it. Cops thinking they can get away with killing people, planting drugs, and doing all this type of scumbaggery talk, that's not good. They need to be held accountable. This is what we're calling for, for police accountability. You cannot dehumanize and treat people this way without expecting blowback. This comes from John Vibes over there at Truth Theory. They reposted it at the Minds Unleashed. They put it up June 3rd. It says, in response to the massive protests that have developed around the United States in recent weeks, U.S. lawmakers are now pushing for monumental police reforms that seek to limit legal protections for violent cops and strip police departments of their military equipment. 
The measures are being introduced or supported by both Republicans and Democratic lawmakers. U.S. Representative John Amash, a longtime conservative who has been a vocal critic of Trump and a friend of the Libertarian Party, has gained bipartisan support for his, quote, Ending Qualified Immunity Act, which hopes to hold police accountable for the crimes they commit on duty and would finally allow the civil lawsuits against police. Quote, the brutal killing of George Floyd's is merely the latest of the long line of incidents of egregious police misconduct. This pattern continues because police are legally, politically, and culturally insulated. That must change so that these incidences stop happening. Amash said in a letter to Congress, according to the New York Times, quote, as National Guard and SWAT teams have been deployed to protest throughout the country, Senator and former presidential candidate Cory Booker introduced a list of sweeping reforms to police departments nationwide, which would include stripping them of their military weapons and gear. Maybe give that actually to the military. Booker's bill would actually would also push for an end to qualified immunity for police and the creation of a national police misconduct registry and a ban on the use of chokeholds for police. Quote, Cities are literally on fire with the pain and anguish wrought by the violence visited upon the black and brown bodies. There's no one singular police or policy change that will fix this issue tomorrow. We need an entire set of holistic reforms to improve police training and practices and ensure greater accountability and transparency, Booker said. Despite Donald Trump's harsh words for the protesters, his usually supportive Republican cohorts have been open to discussing police reform. Even Senator Mitch McConnell called the death of George Floyd unacceptable and recognized that the anger that people are feeling was legitimate. Yeah, you're allowed to be angry seeing a man die. Like there's, I, <laughs> I the, the 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 cognitive dissonance I've seen surrounding this is is is, is disgusting. I can't tell you guys how many people I have blocked because they open their mouth. He's <laughs> just wow is all I can say. Wow is all I can say. So as we are seeing some good things come from this 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 flashbang of racism, right reforms taking place, uh, police accountability and police brutality being brought up, right talking about this 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 systemic issue that we have with corruption, all of these things. There are still some good things being brought out, and I want to end this segment with this with briefly mentioning this. Uh, with all these protests and everything else that's going on, the social disintegration, humanity is still being exalted in this time frame. That's what's important. The same way that I was trying to make sure that our freedoms and liberties stayed intact during the crisis, just with this this event, there is a light, a glimmer of hope. A D.C. man has sheltered 75 protesters in his home overnight to keep them from being arrested. Now, I know people think, oh, he's, look at this man harboring traitors. At the end of the day, these are some. This, these are humans. They need to be humanized. None of this should be going down. We should not be having to do extreme things to get people's attentions and to have our voices be heard. Wasn't it Martin Luther King, Doctor Martin Luther King, the Martin Luther King, that said protests is the language of the unheard? We put this up June second. It's by Elias Murat of the Minds Unleashed. It says a man in Washington D.C. selflessly opened his doors, opened the doors to his home, up to dozens of protesters overnight Tuesday after he claims police officers assaulted and pepper sprayed a group of over 200 protesters following the night or following the start of the overnight curfew in the nation's capital. Over eight hours late, just minutes after the 6 a.m. curfew expired, more than 60 hours emerged 
from the three-story home to cheer and give enthusiastic applause to the home's owner, Rahul Dubey. Dubey, a 44-year-old Indian-American who lived in D.C. for 17 years, immediately acted on instinct when he saw the protesters being brutally dispersed as police bleat them mercilessly while trying to flee the scene. Mika, 22, was protesting peacefully that night before, the, before he claims police officers walked, walled off both sides of Swan Street in northwest D.C., he told BuzzFeed. It was at that point that police just started charging at the group, pushing and hitting them with pepper spray and preventing them from leaving. It was at that point that Dubay, barely able to stomach what he was witnessing on his front porch, flung open the doors to his 1,500-square-foot 15, home. He is now being described as a, quote, hero and, quote, absolute legend for the act. Quote, I flung open the door and I grabbed the railing and started pushing people into my house, Dubay told Esquire. Quote, it was like a human tsunami of people that the cops were pushing into my street and the overflow was coming into my house. All I kept yelling was, get in, get in. I kept saying, get downstairs, get upstairs. One witness saw the entire scene and told News 4, quote, they charged all the way up into this man's home or this man's door and maced everybody coming into this house. Thank goodness for us in the house. We're safe and we're okay. But there's no way for us to get out of this house and not get arrested. Dramatic video and photos from the scene indeed depict MPD officers violently boxing in and beating protesters before arresting many of them for violating the city's curfew. You guys can read more about that on our actual page. But that's what I'm saying. We need to humanize these people with what's going on. Yes, Raise awareness, because that's what it's all about. You can't have police literally mimicking the behavior that's being protested. That doesn't make any sense at all. You're only, again, emboldening these people to, prote to protest even more. You see, that escalation of violence only leads towards more violence. Violence begets more violence. And we need more compassion. We need more humanity. We need more healing. Speaking of healing... We're going to take a quick break and come back about how they're trying to continually inhibit our healing. I don't want to cover protests and racial nonsense. I want to tend to my gardens and my chickens. I'd rather be out there in nature, getting my hands dirty, working on creative works. But because of this, because of this world they're creating with the bedlam, the mayhem, the chaos, they are inhibiting our healing. We're going to be talking about uh, 9 million U.S. households with children who don't have food security, uh, reports of breakouts and blackouts for the summer because of COVID-19, people taking drugs for anxiety and insomnia, all of the, 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 the crisis. We don't have time to sit up over here and fight one another. We've really got to start looking at what's going on. We're going to be talking about inhibiting healing on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. 
realized that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Salutations, my friends. Have you heard of Sheila Jeet? Well, to be quite honest, neither had I. But then I started doing some research and I found out that it was part of the Hindu Ayurvedic system of medicine. And for hundreds of years since its discovery, it's had the potential to help people live a healthy and balanced life. Here, let me read off some of the benefits for you guys. It increases your energy, boosts your libido, balances your mood, supports healthy aging, decalcifies your pineal gland, and we all understand how important that is, supports healthy brain health. Uh, it also helps regulate your hormones. There are so many benefits to taking this that I cannot put them in this single video. You can mix it in with tea. Uh, I like to mix it in with my pre-workout in the morning and be careful, it's gonna give you that boost. It's going to give you that energetic boost you need to get through your day. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. We're back. You know, you can probably hear it in my voice, like the discontent feeling, you know, just the, the disgust, the upset, uh, just the, just the, I'm not sure what to say. You got people getting masked, shamed, guilt tripped, virtue signaled, their emotions being played with. There were videos during that whole time frame, during the bedlam and the chaos of this, 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 this past week, of Black Lives Matter running up to like white people and saying, like, you better prove how, you better talk about your white privilege. And I just couldn't bring myself to post about it because we don't cover race over here. And it's just very sad to see. It's got guilt, shame, fear, all of the negative and lower spectrum emotions. Nothing that actually uplifts or exalts humanity or divinity, recognizing the spirit within. No. Not wholesomeness, not chivalry, not decency, not goodness. Nope. Not respect, not kindness, not compassion, not sincerity, authenticity. No. <laughs> no. Shame. You better check your privilege. And it's, 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 it's honestly disgusting. It puts like a venomous bile in my stomach, man, seeing this, uh, this stuff go down. Low IQ talk, really. You know, and I want to put together like a whole, <laughs> a whole thing, I guess, a presentation um, about the, let's see if I can get the title of it right. The intellectual damage of emotional irrationality, I think is the best way for me to explain it. The intellectual damage of emotional rationality. I went to sleep debating the title. Is it the information? Is it the intellectual damage? because of emotional irrationality is it the intellectual damage via emotional irrationality or shut up go to bed that's what i went to sleep thinking about because it's a very real thing racism scumbaggery any of these other type of things are symptoms of this same type of emotional irrationality and the damage being done to your thought process your mind your iq level it is almost irreparable almost but it can be repaired 
the emotional, the intellectual damage of emotional irrationality. People are unable to heal right now. They're scared. That's why I use the phrase trauma-based mind control. You can hear it in my voice that I'm upset because I use this time period to heal myself instead of get wrapped up in the hysteria like everybody else. Everybody else that's hysterical, you've heard us say they want to be validated in their hysteria. They need to be affirmed in their delusions. Thus where we are. People are not well. I really have to highlight that. People are not well. They don't want to be well. They don't seek after habits to make themselves well. They, they don't want to have better ha- uh, 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 patterns, behaviors, any of these things. Trauma-based mind control. They're being told, kill yourself. Remember that? That's something we talk about on Instagram Live specifically, more so. The suicide spirit, the nihilism, the apathy. The mask shaming, the virtue signaling, the guilt tripping, you see. Lower level emotions. But because people operate here on this, 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 this emotional spectrum, on the lower end of it, they're unable to use their higher mental faculties. They're unable to operate in love, operate in truth, operate in authenticity. It scares them because they revel in, 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 in the fear. That's why they have to project it elsewhere. You see, when I tell you guys that I've like literally created this system, this network and everything, a lifestyle based on speaking the truth, people don't care about the truth. That's why it's like almost divine appointment serendipity for us to have Charles Casson on in Hawaii during the coronavirus talking about the necessity for a revolutionary lifestyle, not a revolutionary moment. You see, a lifestyle, a lifestyle of seeking the truth. You guys have heard it a lot this year, understanding God, trying to figure out his will, getting better, being a wholesome, decent human being. Donald Trump said it. Our nation needs more creation, not destruction. What you're witnessing is destruction. Unfortunately, a lot of the people who were carrying out this chaos, this mayhem, this bedlam, this lawlessness, they're being paid to do so. You've got to understand, upwards of 40, over 40 million Americans have now filed for unemployment. They're unable to work, and the only thing they've offered them as a, a, a job is not returning back to normal, but contact tracing. We'll get into that how people have clinical signs of anxiety and depression because of this lockdown. Do you understand the, paint, the, 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 the picture I'm trying to paint for you? They have, in, they have purposely inhibited our healing. They have put us into a position of where we don't think we're capable of restoring. You turn the TV on, you see fires, you see people saying you're a bad person because of the color of your skin. You, you hear people tell you you're just bad for existing. Kill yourself. But that comes back down to what people are witnessing, what people are watching, and what they're telling themselves, man. What conversations they're having. What their inner dialogue is like. What that inner discussion, what's that voice tell you? That's what I told you this week. It gets, I'm getting frustrated because I have such a bountiful and beautiful life bestowed upon me by the Lord God Almighty. It frustrates me having to come up over here and talk about this. But that's because I'm being selfish. I'm not trying to share my blessings. I'm not trying to get over myself to look at how my blessings can be used and benefit others. You see, that's the coward's way out, only thinking of yourself. The creation, not destruction. You're seeing a lot of destroyers. 
and I mentioned this earlier this week, Derek Bros of the Conscious Resistance and Activist Post, how after leading the United for Common Ground Media Summit, which I attended, he went on to run for the mayor of Houston. Truth seeker. Person like myself. But you see, that's what it is. We're creators. We're, we're, we're pro-human, renaissance-based future. We create things. That we And you guys see me trying to do this now, figuring out how to streamline what I'm doing so I can hire somebody else to do this so I can go do something else to, again, attack this agenda. We're creators, not destroyers. These people running around causing all this destruction and destroying buildings, being paid to have their views, right? Manufacturing their consent. They're not real. And you have to let these people die and go where they're going. If they want to win these stupid prizes, let them. If they want to play stupid games, let them. Because we've got to focus on what's important. The building of civilization, the building up of society, the restoration of humanity, not the destruction thereof. Let's talk about how they're trying to inhibit our healing. Yeah. I'm a uh, huge proponent of humanity. I actually want to see people do well. I want to see us get to where we're trying to go. I don't want us to die. I want to lift us up. I want us I want to I want to lift us up the way that God wanted us to. You know, going in uh going into the weekend, you know, uh, this is before all this protest stuff kicked off, right? Because there were other real issues going on. We didn't think that we were going to see protests of this magnitude uh, going into the weekend. But uh, going into the weekend, we posted about how over, or at least how, 9 million American households with children are not at all confident that they'll be able to afford food next month. The census survey finds. This is put out by Common Dreams. I put this up May 29th. Quote, even if they do end up getting food, you have to understand the mental and physical toll of living with that kind of fear and how that affects relationships, work, health, and everything else. And so I'm going to use this time period right now to tell you, get yourself some storable goods. I said that earlier this week. I didn't pull it up on Instagram to show you guys my totes, but do it. The link's going to be in the description bar below. Get yourself some storable goods. I know we haven't been promoting it and talking about it as much as we need to, but it's a very real thing. Just because coronavirus has passed, it doesn't mean that the socioeconomic and the sociopolitical ramifications of it have not hit us yet. Get yourself some storable goods. I'm reading this because you need to start changing your diet. You need to start thinking about your consumption versus your production, really, really modifying things. You get me? Let's get into this. It says a poll released by the U.S. Census Bureau this week revealed that at least 9 million American households that include children are unsure whether they'll be able to access enough food in the next four weeks and millions of Ameri and millions more are experiencing housing insecurity during the coronavirus pandemic. The Bureau's weekly household poll survey took, taken between May 14th and 19th asked respondents about their loss of employment, food security, overall health, and other issues they are facing during the pandemic. According to the data, more than 9 million households are, quote, not at all confident that they will be able to afford food in the next month, and more than 18, 18 million are only somewhat confident about their food security. This is why I've, 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 I've reached out to butchers in my local area, bakers, man. I've got the chickens. 
I'm just because we're all racial experts now, virtue signaling about how everybody else's lives matter doesn't mean that all those things I was talking about weren't, weren't, weren't still going on. Millions of people within the third world are dying because we're not working. That's why we got to get back to work because they live off of our crumbs. This, <laughs> the middle class of America is like the backbone of so much right now. And, we, and, and us not working, producing things is going to have devastating effects. China not working is and, and <laughs> devastating effects, guys. They're shutting down food plants because somebody's got COVID. Like, get storable goods and understand what's happening right now. You see these riots going on. They attack a Target. They attack a Walmart. They attack a Costco. They attack a mom and pop shop or any of this type of stuff. You want to try to go get food from these places? You see them already, you know, do you want to go through the mask routine, the little clown dance you have to do there? Even if you have a medical condition, get yourself some storable food. Let this stuff die down. Get yourself prepared. Continuing on, it says the census also asked respondents whether they experienced food insecurity prior to March 13th when President Donald Trump declared the pandemic a national emergency and schools across across the country shut down. Just over 2 million people had, quote, often not had enough to eat before the pandemic forced state and local economies to shut down, which was followed by little economic relief for families from the federal government. Since the coronavirus outbreak began spreading across the country in March, food banks have reportedly have reported skyrocketing numbers of Americans relying on, on their services, including many who had never before witnessed assistance accessing food. With 75% of U.S. families living paycheck to paycheck, including one in four households that earns at least 150000 per year, the pandemic and federal government's reluctance to, often, to offer more than a one-time direct payment of $1,200 to most Americans plunged millions into desperate solutions overnight. As Common Dreams reported Wednesday, the same household post survey revealed that a quarter of respondents were able to weren't able to pay their rent or mortgage in May and were concerned that they won't be able to pay in June. So you won't hear them talking about this on the news because it's, it doesn't sell. If it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead. People are dying. These are real things. One man dies, it's a tragedy. Another t- 10,000 dies, it's a statistic. I think really people can't comprehend 9 million Americans or better yet care about them. I think that's a better way to say it. They don't care about 9 million Americans. There's like 327 million Americans. They don't care about the poor. They don't care about people not being able to get food because it doesn't doesn't affect them. Do those lives matter? You see, people really have to understand what's going on. How can we... Again, how can people heal, think clearly, whenever they don't have food on their plate? We've talked about this before, the, 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 the what you call it, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. How they're unable to reach that pinnacle, the top of the pyramid, self-actualization, without having food security, without having uh, housing, without having love. Relationships, uh, relationships are deteriorating. I unfortunately am experiencing some stuff that hit real, real close to home that you, that you guys heard me talk about. Relationships are deteriorating. Child sex abuse is up right off the chart. Alcoholism is off the charts. Drug consumption is, is, is skyrocketing. You've got doctors saying, listen, look, you keep people locked down for a little bit more, more people are going to die from the lockdowns than the virus. 
right here, more people are taking drugs for anxiety and insomnia, and it's worrying doctors. As the coronavirus health concerns, social isolation, and job loss stress takes a toll, people are turning to medications. It can quickly, it can very quickly become a habit. And I'm guilty of this too. I've got to stop taking melatonin. <laughs> this is why you heard me advocate to you guys earlier this week the benefits of CBD oil, which we also carry in our store, and that we put at the bottom of every single episode. You can get 20% off using promo code Freedom Faction. All organic hemp CBD oil made here in America. But but are these drugs? You see? You got people popping uh, uh, Ambien's, Percocet's. You got them taking all these pharmaceuticals and stuff, messing their body up, guys. So you see how I'm trying to talk about, you know, naturally building serotonin, getting a healthy routine, detoxifying your system, taking care of your body, using this time period to, 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 to kind of get restructured. Well, for people who are attached to this old system, who've lost their job, who, who, who want to get back to work, that don't want to do anything new, you know, you've, you've got to understand they're tied to this thing and they see no future. They see no better tomorrow. They're waiting for that, for that check, for that government thing. It's a very, very dire situation out there. I might be talking to my generation, but what about the generation ahead of us? You see, let me read a little bit of this and I'll continue on. It says prescriptions for anti-anxiety medications and sleep aids have risen during the pandemic, prompting doctors to worry about the possibility of long-term addiction and the abuse of drugs. Quote, many physicians have a low threshold for prescribing them. It's very problematic, says Bruce J. Swartz, deputy chair and professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Montefiore, uh, medical center in New York quote many people do develop a dependency on these medications prescriptions for anxiety medications such as clonopin and Ativan rose to rose 10.2 percent in the U.S. to 9.7 million in March 2020 from 8.8 million in March of, ten, of, of 2019 according to the latest data from the health research firm IQVIA Prescriptions for antidepressants, including Prozac and Lexapro, rose 9.2% to 29.7 million from 27.2 million in the same period. The information does, doesn't include data on whether dosages have increased along with prescriptions. Quote, if you lost your job, if you're worried, if you'll have enough food to feed your kids, that will keep you up at night. Charles B. Nimirov, professor of professor and chair of the Department of Psychiatry at Dell Medical School at the University of Austin in Texas said this. Some companies have seen dramatic increase, expert scripts said. A pharmacy benefit manager owned by Cigna says prescriptions for anti-anxiety medications rose 34% between mid-February and mid-March, while prescriptions for antidepressants and sleep medications rose 18% and 14% respectively. Ginger, which supplies video and chat-based mental health services to companies, says its psychiatrist wrote 86% more prescriptions for psychotropic drugs, primarily antidepressants, in March and April of 2020, compared to January and February. Health concerns, social isolations, and the stress of job loss are taking their toll on people's well-being. And that's where these protests are coming from. They're a manifestation of that for sure. Heck yeah, police accountability needs to be brought up. But you're locking people down, taking away their opportunity to make a living, to be, self and to, to, to be self-sovereign, self-governing, free. You're telling them, stay inside, don't get sunlight. Don't get vitamin D. Get depressed. You're going to die. 
you've got to think about what they did to these people. Million, and, and that's what I'm saying. Trauma-based mind control is the easiest way I can summarize it. And, and, and people are still being traumatized today of seeing pictures of violence and destructions on their phone. Bedlam, mayhem, and more. Traumatized. Being told there is nothing better to fight for. The same way that these kids we reported on last year, these climate changers who say that there is no future, there is no hope. Alexandria said it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said it. There is no future. The world's going to end in 10 to 12 years. That, 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 that very same suicide spirit is beginning to hit families. They're being told there is no future. The market's going to crash. There is no future. Your pension's gone. You see, they're being traumatized. They're being brought, broken, brought to a point of desperation. That's why, like, at the start of the year, when we broke down the, nece- the, 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 uh, the evolution of warfare and we talked about the spiritual aspect of it and the financial aspect of it, this is the financial warfare aspect, how it breaks people down. They're inhibiting the healing. The only reason I can sit before you good people today and talk about this type of work is because you've kept me employed. This synergistic relationship we have from the CBD oil, from the My Patriot Supply, from the Dow Drops, from the Sheila shit, right? From the exclusive members, from the promos we run on the page, from, from, from all these things, you've kept us employed. But that's me. I'm one. We're talking about roughly 9 million Americans, upwards of 40 million Americans who are not all right right now who cannot think about healing because they have been systematically broken and put into this position. That's why this is so devastating. And why, like, we don't have time to be sitting here worried about race. We do, we do not have time to sit here and be broken in such a disgusting fashion. This is why throughout the entirety of this, all I could, all I could do is promote God, promote wholesomeness, promote rebuilding and getting control of things. Look at this. Third, now sh- third of Americans now show signs of clinical anxiety or depression. A third. Because they're not getting sunlight. Because they're not socializing. They're not distressing. They're not putting things into perspective. They're hovering over their phones, waiting for their next upload, their next update, their next program, the next agenda, the next thing to roll out. Having their minds rewired and programmed and changed. Their futures belittled, their hopes squashed. Fucking Bill Gates. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, let me read a little bit of this. We put this up May 27th. It's from the Judge Report feed. It says a third of Americans are now showing signs of clinical anxiety or depression. The Census Bureau data shows the most definitive alarming sign yet of the psychological toll exacted by the coronavirus pandemic. When asked questions normally used to screen patients for mental health problems, 24% showed clinically significant symptoms of major depressive disorder and 30% showed symptoms of generally of generalized anxiety disorder. The findings suggest a huge bump from before the pandemic. For example, on one question about depressed mood, the percentage reporting such symptoms was doubled that found was doubled that found in a 2014 national survey. 
The troubling statistics were released last week in a tranche of data from the, from the Census Bureau. The agency launched an emergency weekly survey of U.S. households at the end of April to measure the pandemic's effect on employment, housing, finances, education, and health. In the most recent data release, one million households were contacted or contacted between May 7th and May 12th, and more than 42,000 responded. Buried within the 20-minute survey, U.S. officials included four questions taken nearly word for word from a form used by doctors to screen patients for depression and anxiety. Those answers provided a real-time window into the country's collective mental health of, after three months of fear and isolation, soaring unemployment, and continuing uncertainty. New York, which had the worst coronavirus outbreak in the country, ranked 12th nationwide in terms of share of adults showing symptoms of nearly showing symptoms. Nearly half of Mississippians screened positivity, positive for anxiety of depression, a staggering number. By contrast, in Iowa, just, a, just over a quarter screened positive. Some groups have been hit harder than others. Rates of anxiety and depression were far higher among younger adults, women, and the poor. The worst, the worst scores in young adults were especially notable, given that the virus has been more likely to kill the elderly or leave them critically ill. This is the high cost of locking down America. The mental health epidemic that is coming from this, is, is, it, it will be crazy. Like last year, we talked about eco-anxiety groups, right? People that got together and talked about the coming environmental devastation and how, how, it, how, it, how it hurts them. And you laugh at that. But what's going to happen with the, the, the post-coronavirus lockdown mental health epidemic? People have effectively lost their minds. Marriage is destroyed. Relationships just burned. Lives shattered. Now businesses just firebombed. You see, this is the devastation. Get out of the cities, man. That's all I can say. All this chaos is just going to create like a pre-crime system for sure, but get out of the cities. Protect yourself. Go to rural areas. Link, d just detach. You've got to detach from the system because it's going to figure out more and more ways to rob you of your individuality and rob you of your power. This is called techno-serfdom. When they rob you of your rights and your, and your ability to think and, and, and create for yourself and then give you like a monthly stipend, it's called slavery. It's techno-serfdom. That's where universal basic income is. Bribe money, hush money. They're putting you on the they're putting you on the payroll. See, I didn't even want a handout. I didn't want anybody to give me anything. I wanted to work for everything you see here, and we still have a lot more work to do. But most people don't have this mindset. Most people want to be a part of the system. And then it's because of this that they have everything taken from them. You know. This is, this is really such a monumental time in our history that I really don't know what else to say. I think everybody gets that this is, this, this, not only will this attach a weird connotation to the word virus, but it's also going to put a, 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 a stain on history, not only, how, not only with how this was handled, but how everybody else reacted. I think everybody can understand and agree that this brought out some, some of the best and worst in people. We all saw stuff in people that we really did not like. And that's not going to go away. Check this out right here. We've seen a year's worth of suicide attempts 
in the last four weeks. They are inhibiting our ability to heal. They are stopping us from being able to come together. Because the very same way that we were rising up against Bill Gates, there are protests even in Australia calling for the arrest of him. The exposing of Dr. Fauci and his ties to Bill Gates and, the chi- and, and, and China, the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology, and more. They're inhibiting our healing. They don't want us to come together. Millions around the nation were beginning to get aware of this. Legislation being introduced, bills being passed to stop this, for, for us to, to, to reclaim freedom reclaim our identity. Right now, we are up against 1984 versus 1776. We have the totalitarian technocratic tiptoe takeover taking place right now. And all we can do is resist. This is why you have that, why you, why, why you hear that weird relationship I have with Antifa. Because we have to be able to fight for our freedoms. We have to be able to express our displeasement in order to fix these things. And whenever they inhibit that ability, and when they censor us from expressing ourselves, Censor us from, from, from asking for police accountability. Censor us for exposing uh, Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates and so much more. They're inhibiting our healing. So at a certain level, I guess we have to ask ourselves the question of, do we, do we seek after these people's version of success and affirmation and healing? Or do we come up with our own? And I think that's the bigger question here. A lot of people are hurting, no doubt. But you've got to ask the question, do they want to be better? Look at the lifestyle that we have. Look at the world that we've created today. That we have to like convince ourselves at 5D chess that there's some crazy stuff going on that has to allow even crazier things. Oh, we have to allow martial law so that we can root out the deep staters. What's going on with this world right now? So when I tell you guys that, when I tell you, you can hear the frustration somewhat in my voice because we should all be doing bigger and better things. That's what I mean. That's why I'm going to be taking like a week off or uh, two weeks off. I should just go ahead and say three, but technically it's two weeks. Take a week off of posting uh, on the page and then two weeks off is doing social, uh, two weeks doing podcasts because we're not in a normal time period and it's only going to get increasingly chaotic. But if we don't know how to put put the black mirror away and then go into nature, go into the green mirror and do the necessary self-reflection, then, you're, then we're going to get programmed, you see, because that's really all you have. You can either reflect, unlearn what you've learned and then relearn something new and teach yourself something new, or you can get programmed. That's where we're at. And whenever I show up here every week, week after week, talking about the progress that it takes, being consistent in both growth and change. That's what it's about. That's how you heal. You recognize previous patterns, and then you begin to modify your behavior to get the desired outcome. But if people live vicariously through their phones and through other people, virtue signaling that, oh, I actually care, you don't care. This is a, this is a moment. This is, again, one of those, air quotes, revolutionary moments versus the lifestyle. If you want to heal, you've got to be committed If you want growth, you've got to be committed. If you want change, you've got to want it. These people talking about all this and more. It's not about this. They've they've, they've co-opted the Black Lives Matter label. They've co-opted the All Lives Matter. 
I guess that's just my greatest sin then, that I'm, I'm optimistic and altruistic, hoping that people see the truth and hoping that the truth prevails and sets people free because eventually they'll wake up from their delusion and they'll realize the hurt that they've caused not only themselves but others all for their, for their own enjoyment. What type of selfish, degenerate, wicked, scumbag behavior is this? But this is what's being promoted. Not wholesomeness, not decency, not true unity, not compassion, not chivalry, None of, again, the higher mental faculty emotions. The positive spectrum scale, the, the, the positive emotional spectrum. This is what we need to be focusing on. That's how we heal. And no, you will not see this in the media. You'll, and I'm, I doubt that you'll see it in alternative media or social media. But that's the beautiful thing about the days we're in, ladies and gentlemen. You get to choose. Yes, these things are going on. But you've got to let these stupid people play these stupid games and win these stupid prizes. We've got a weird chance and a weird opportunity to somehow build something that is actually worth worth its own and gold in the future. We have a, a, a beautiful moment in history to build something off the ashes of this, 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 this corrupt system. We have the time to reform. The question is, is do we have the courage to drive it home? You see, I wanted to talk about, you know, how that the barber in Michigan won against, <laughs> uh, what was it, Governor Misher, Whitmer, right? The Michigan governor, the barber actually won the case. I know people don't care about that right now, but that's what I'm saying. We have to highlight our successes and remember what we're actually fighting for. Because even when we get the things that we want, is, 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 it, is it about the win? Or is it about the principle of the matter? Is it about the message? Is it about the work? Is it about standing true and believing what you mean? You see. I'm pulling that up real quick right here. Michigan Barber wins in court against Governor Whitmer. The health department failed to show a threat. Yeah. Cutting hair, I don't see how you're going to contract the coronavirus. You see, we've got to be able to stand for the truth regardless of how much it makes our voice shake. Because liars will continue to push. And we can't have that. They want to override truth. They want to override reality. They want to upset truth, logic, <laughs> critical thinking, and more. And we can't have that. We have to stay aligned with the truth regardless of how it may make you us and everyone else feel ladies and gentlemen this is rona revelations social disintegration and inhibiting healing Spine tingling, good. But that's where we're at these days. And in a world where we're faced with this many different challenges, we're not allowed to buckle. All we can do is move forward. Remember that marathon mindset? This is the fight. This is the work. These are the times that we're in. Call if you need me. I'll be right here. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. 
And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out. We ran.